Welcome back to the Billy Wonka Experience. With you today is Trevor, Daryl, and Bryce. Episode 15, this is a milestone for the show. And of course, we're talking Oilers again, because as I said before us, throughout the playoffs, as long as the Oilers are in it, we're going to continue to talk Oilers after game days. Um, you can find us on Instagram at the underscore Billy Wonka underscore experience. You can find the latest for our new episodes, video clips of those episodes and just information on the show. And uh, check us out on all major podcasting platforms, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, all the other stuff. And as of this afternoon, you can also find the Billy Wonka Experience podcast on YouTube. The first episode we uploaded was the episode 14 with Bryce and I. So you can check us out there, subscribe to our channel, and then leave us a comment or two. Make them positive if you can. Tell your friends about the show. We're doing our best to bring the content you guys want, especially when it comes to hockey. Everything else, well, we'll figure out where the hell it goes. Bryce and Trevor, how are you guys doing? Doing great. How are you doing, man? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I have to say, last night I had a chance to go to the hockey game, took Hudson, and it was a blast. It wasn't looking good in the first and partway through the second period. Um, I wasn't sure where things were going to go. I'm really happy they were able to pull one out and tie it up at the end of the third period. The excitement, you know, that is an Oilers playoff game was very much alive and well. Hudson had a great time in the third and less than a minute in, they lost in overtime. Let's dive right into it, guys. Uh, Bryce, I want to start with you. What were your thoughts on the game last night? Well, obviously, they didn't listen to our previous podcast because we told them exactly what to do, and they went away from that. Like, I guess the big part with me again is our start, right? Their start was that six minutes. Yeah. Bit him in the ass. I, I think they, they were almost a little wound too tight. They came out to try to make an impact, but it almost backfired a little bit because a couple of times they're early they were all, they were lost. Like the, the Kings took advantage of that. We're shifting it up and players were moving and shaking and guys just couldn't pick up who they needed to. And yeah, it was their start. And then it, again, you're just playing catch up. Yeah, for sure. Trevor, what about you? What do you think of the game last night? Um, I mean, overall, I think near the end, they played a lot more of the Oilers game, but like everyone's saying there's a slow start. I mean, the first period, it was 16, five for shots. Like it, the Kings have just been laying the shots on the net and they're finding ways to make them go in. Whereas the Oilers, they're scared to shoot or they're always looking for that, that nice finesse shot. They're not just putting it on the net and, and looking for a juicy rebound. And I think that's, that's what's really, really slowing them down. Yep. Yeah. I, my takeaway from the game last night, maybe I'm crazy. I feel like there's a mental block that these guys have right now. I feel like they're scared of creating offense because it's not so much the fear of creating the offense, which is a high tempo offense. That's what this team is designed to do. And how many times over the last four games have we saw them wind up in their own end and like they're it's the old man factors kicking in. They are so slow. There's not nice, crisp, clean passes through the neutral zone or the offensive zone. They're not pushing the pace. They are slow. And I really wonder if they're so stuck on making a mistake that it's working against them now because they're not playing their game. I don't know what it is. I couldn't put a finger on it last night. It was frustrating to watch them because you know they, they're such a, so much of a better team than what they were showing last night. But it was like you say, like 16 to 5 shots on the first period. Bryce, you nailed it. They come out slow. And I think that whatever's going on in their coconuts is really having an impact on, on why they're actually not succeeding. 
call me crazy, but I, I don't know. Something's going on mentally there that they're just, they can't get their, they, they just can't get around it. Yeah. Well, like, what are your, what are your thoughts on their, their health? Do you think everybody's healthy? Um, like you could, like you said, there's, it looks like some people are a little bit sluggish. Um, you know, there's, there's going to be fatigue involved, but that's part of playoff hockey because they're playing every second day and they're not regular season games. I mean, these are playoff games. It's a different type of game. Um, but is everyone healthy? Is, are there people getting sick? I mean, uh, we talked earlier and there's, there's a comment about how Dryside looked in the post-game interview. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is he feeling good? Is everybody feeling good? And maybe that's also playing a factor. Well, that's a good point. I mean, Bryce, what do you think about that? Well, I don't put much faith in what Dreisaitl looks like. Because like I said, he's got that resting bit face. It's <laughs> about always when he scores the biggest goal in his career. You'd never know he did, right? Yeah. I also think, too, a little bit of it. There's a couple things with the Oilers that I think. They're kind of like during the regular season, they weren't super physical. I mean, mm-hmm. they're a fast team. They never, they didn't have to depend on physicality. Here's a brand new aspect to the game that they have to bring to it. They were successful when they did it, but I still think they're trying to figure out how that is implemented throughout the entire game. You know, it's just, I, I don't get it. And as for feeling well, I think they're all feeling fine. They also, you talk about shots on net, right? Um, LA, they are just typically put pucks on net. We will pick up the, the trash in front. Edmonton Oilers have always been a finesse team, right? Everybody's waiting for that, the McDavid dangle or that, you know, even that goal that Cassian got last year. It was a great play out back. Those are the type of goal, and they're just not getting those shots on it. I think there was one there last night, too, where, I mean, they're they're at the hash marks, and they're looking for that extra pass to make that pretty goal, mm-hmm. you know, that the Oilers are notorious for. Yeah. I saw... What really struck me last night, obviously Bouchard and Keith are being exposed. Like the Kings are going at that pair hard. And, you know, I just, they can't make plays out of the zone. Bryce, I was texting with you last night, those stupid backhand passes in the offensive zone in the middle of the ice. And it's a turnover. Dreisaitl did it twice, once in the third period last night, once they had momentum going and it was a head scratcher. Bouchard did it in the second period, another huge giveaway. And, you know, Keith had that led to the second goal. Keith had the puck, tried to dump it out. Kings got it, turned it over and the, and the Kings scored. They're so like timid. They're not making the right plays. Like I just, I, and maybe they are, maybe, but like you can't use injuries or illness as an excuse. Dry did sound like he had a cold, but that's no excuse for any of the other, you know, 11 forwards and six D like Mike Smith, I'm going to say this, like when, when we were watching the warmups last night, we went right down to ice level and we were watching them come out and do their thing. And there was two shots that Mike Smith let in. And I know people are going to go, Oh, don't read into it. It's a warm up. But I read, I read into it because there was one shot that went five hole on Smith. And there was another one that went low, low glove side in the warmup. And when I saw that there was a reaction from him that kind of made me worry a little bit. Like he kind of dipped his head a little bit and it just didn't seem like he had it. And he skated off, the players did their thing, and he come back and he was doing his. But I that really stood out to me that, you know, that body language factor when you, you could tell whether a guy's on it and when they're not. And he did not look like he was on it last night. And, you know, sure enough, they had they had four goals, I think, on 20 shots. And uh, it just... Well, that's that, that, that Kempe goal. That, that's a prime example right there, right? Yep. Five goals. Yep. You know, yeah. And, and you hit the nail on the head. 
he was all over the place. Like he was flopping like crazy. There was about three or four plays. Trevor, you and I just talked about it here this afternoon. There was one play where he tries to wrap the puck around the boards, turns it over to a King. And it was almost the same style of goal that they scored in game one in that, you know, five minutes left in the game. He just did not have it last night. So, you know, and there's no excuses for this team. They have gone through, uh, who do they have for coaches? So they had, McClellan, they had Ken Hitchcock, they had Dave Tippett. Now they've got Jay Woodcroft. They went through Peter Shirelli. They went through, they've got Ken Holland now. There's no excuse. Like these guys have to, the players at some point have to be the ones that are accountable. And I don't want to hear any bullshit from fans talking about how Connor's going to ask for a trade or Leon's going to ask for a trade. Like that's horseshit. These guys, it's on them now. The only player that I saw do anything in the first period, pretty much for the first 30 minutes was, was Archibald. People wondered why he was in the lineup. He was the only guy finishing checks. He was hard on pucks in the offensive zone. But again, one guy cannot do this alone. And I tell you, man, like I, I'm not worried for them in the series. I call me crazy. I still think they're going to come back in game six. And I think they're going to bring it home in game seven, but something's got to give it this team. Like they got to give their fucking heads a shake. Just to touch well, on the, the the two shots that you said that went in, in, in pregame, the five hole and then the, the low glove. That's two goals that went in during the game. The Kempe shot under his pad because he was too slow to the to the uh, to the butterfly position, and then the tip by Denault that went between like it's a it was a beautiful tip. You got to give it to him, but it went yeah. in between his elbow and his body, so low glove. Yeah, I mean those are two positions that we know that he's weak on, and the Kings know it, and that's where they've been putting the shots is butterfly or five hole and and low glove, and it keeps it keeps working for him, so they're going to keep doing it. Yeah. Well, and even like what I noticed last night too from the LA Kings is like there was that one play with Grunstrom where, you know, the shot and he kind of went by the net and he, and, and they pointed it out. It's like he stopped and went back to where he's supposed to be. There was no flybys where I don't see that with the Oilers, right? If there's a missed assignment, it's, it's that big 18 wheeler turnaround and we'll try and get back in the play. But like yeah. it was, they were two different teams last night. Oh, and, for and, sure. and you said it best, Daryl. Like, they just knew how to take advantage of the defense. Even on that overtime goal, like, he went around Keith, but even Kulak, it's like he didn't pick up on what was happening because yeah, you know, he, he looked a little lost out there, and I don't know what it is. They all just kind of looked like they didn't know where to be. Yeah, but the goal itself, like, that goal was terrible. I, what was Mike Smith doing that to misread a goal? Like, he didn't – it wasn't a really – crazy shot he just went tucked around on blocker side and like scored i have no idea what the hell he was doing like these guys are overthinking almost every single play that they have to the point now where their sticks are being gripped way too tight they're just not they're not playing oilers hockey right now and it's it is a bit worrisome because you know you roll over to game six i mean that's one thing i want to talk about is does jay woodcroft go with Koskin in game six do you take a chance with Koskinen or do you stay with Mike Smith? I'm staying with Mike Smith. Yeah, absolutely with Mike Smith. Yeah. I mean, he's he's let in a couple couple soft goals. Uh, we've all seen them. But at the same time, he's he has this mentality of he's in it. Koskinen doesn't have – I don't think he quite has it. Earlier in the season, you could tell that he was really in when, when Mike Smith was out of the lineup. But to throw him into a game six when the, your playoffs are on the line – I, I wouldn't look at doing something like that. You're just kind of throwing them to the wolves. 
um, unless those conversations are had and they, and Mike Smith says, you know what, do what you have to do, but Mike's not going to do that. Um, but I, I definitely think that you, you got to stick with Mike Smith. You got to stick it out because he, he still has those games left in him for sure. And I think too, also with Mike Smith, you need that dynamic in the game. They're two different goalies, right? He's that third defenseman and he does. Yes. He'll make a bad, you know, he'll make a bad play. So do all our defensemen. (laughs) I know. Right. But at least it's that extra, it's that extra person that can, if need be, get the puck out. And we've seen Koskinen because he, he tries it and his defense are looking at him like, what the hell are you doing? Just take yeah. fucking out. Don't yeah. I don't even know. But I <laughs> totally. think, like, yeah. I'd say, I totally think they'll go, they'll go with, Co- or, uh, with Smith. And I think what they should be doing is I hope they flew out last night. And if I was Jay Woodcroft, I'd load a bus up with those guys. I would take them to Disneyland for the day. Let them just get away from the game for a day. Yeah. Try to, you know what I mean? Just get it out of your heads. Maybe that's what they need. Get it out of their heads for a day. Go have some fun. Be, be kids. Mm. Go, you know, you're playing a game for Christ's sake. Yeah, that's a good idea. Like, just forget it. Go have some fun. Figure out a way to let loose. It's almost like the Mighty Ducks. Hey, like, just go have some fun. Hopefully, you come back energized and inspired a little bit. Um, well, I did see, I saw earlier today, I think it was uh, Tom Gazzola said that the team, so how they've been traveling to LA was they were flying from Edmonton to Vancouver, busing from Vancouver into Seattle and flying from Seattle to, to California to avoid the COVID testing when they got into the States. Apparently, they scrapped that. They said, fuck it, we're flying straight from Edmonton to LA. That probably has a lot to do with the amount of rest that these guys are getting post-game, right? Because I think once they finished game two, after the game that night, they were on a on a plane to Vancouver, and that's they started that whole process. So I don't imagine they got a ton of rest. It wasn't quality rest if they got any. So hopefully this maybe gives them a bit more time to to just veg and get a little bit of rest, get get reset, rejuvenated, go fucking spend a day in Disneyland, yeah. go on some roller coasters, go eat some big turkey drumsticks, like fuck, go do something different because whatever they were doing was not working. Can you but unfortunately, can you imagine Zach Cassie to Disneyland with his ears on? Oh, <laughs> oh, it would, it would be all that. over his beard, hey? <laughs> he's on it's a small world it's all that. Priceless to see. that would be hilarious yeah him and mike smith are like skipping down the road yeah <laughs> uh, you know what and hopefully for the rest of the team they'll be able to come back in tomorrow night uh and and have a little bit of compete level to start the game unfortunately for darnell nurse i don't know if you guys heard today he's got mm-hmm. a one game suspension for that bonehead play uh for head bunting philip deneau there I don't know what the hell to say to that. Like last night was, and and then Zach Cassian was five, five was fined five grand for the cross check that he delivered too. And so like, and this was both on Philip Deneau. So they're making some really, really stupid plays, undisciplined plays last night. Like the fact that the first two penalties on the Oilers were four minute penalties, two guys in the box, like, they were outmanned, I think, uh, five power plays. So they were on the penalty kill five times before uh, before they were even able to get a little bit of composure and get back on the ice and actually put something together. So it was really hard to see. But that said, hey, like, here's my positive takeaway from game uh, from game five. The special teams killed it. They killed all five uh, all five penalties, and they were what two for three or two for four on the power play. Yeah, and a shorty. And a, yeah, so power play shorty and a, and a five on five. So, I mean, it was good to see. Uh, was there any positive takeaways before we get into any uh, any other ones for the negative side? Any positives you guys took away from last night's game? 
Well, I like their, I, I did like their, that's the desperation aspect, right? Their compete in the third, like, yeah, I did like that they, there was no quit. Mm-hmm. They just went out and they knew what they had to do. And yeah, they stepped, I mean, Christ, Connor McDavid, four points last night there again, though, can't do it all, him and mm-hmm. Dreisaitl. But uh, yeah, I think their compete in the third, they kind of realized it was time to step on the gas. And we saw, mm-hmm. you know, when push comes to shove, they got a, they got another level that they can reach. Well, they talked about Connor McDavid a lot since game four, how he really hasn't showed up to do a whole lot. And so there was a lot of talk about Connor's probably going to take over the third or take over game five. He was out there. You could see him. He was very noticeable with his shots on net. He was going, he was going high blocker side on quick for a few of his shots and they kind of all went out of play. But after he took that tripping penalty, he came out of the box like a man on a, like on a war path. You know, his goal is to assist right away. Like he came out flying. So I think there was about eight minutes left in the third. And it was like, it was a Connor McDavid show. And I don't know if you guys noticed when, when the game was tied, Darnell Nurse hit the post on yeah. what could have been the game winning mm-hmm. goal, which you're right. I, I agree hundred percent. They came out with, you know, they, they didn't quit, but I, I was hoping that that momentum would have rolled over in overtime. You know, like intermissions have not done the Oilers any good at all throughout this series. And, uh, but you know what, I, Bryce, I do agree with you 100%. I think that uh, that was a definitely a good takeaway from, from game five. Trevor, what about you? What was one of your good takeaways from game five there? Uh, I like to see the the physicality that they're, that they're starting to play with more and seeing a lot of their guys hitting. And you mentioned Archibald finishing checks. How about Yamamoto finishing mm-hmm. some of his checks on guys twice his size? And dig, like I've always loved his play style. Um, not because I can compare myself to him in size wise to be like, he's go like me, that'd be like me going after some of these guys. That's it's unbelievable to think that this kid is, he is putting himself in harm's way. He's throwing checks. Like he is doing amazing things. Um, but just the overall aggression that they're starting to show McDavid's making hits, um, Leon's making hits Puyarvi. I mean, he's Puyarvi was a dud out he, there last night. He was he, just, he was a ghost. I, I hate to say it, but like he's got two points and he's had how much ice time he's been demoted to the, what was he on third line to start last game? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's, it, it, it hurts to see how many of our, our players that are typically top line players have such little points. Um, and our, even our defensemen that are typically up there in points like Barry, Barry's got what uh, two points right now in this playoffs. Whereas last year or the year before he was in the top players in general for points, like where the hell are these guys that we need to step up? They're not stepping up. They're nowhere to be found. I mean, how many players do we have under two points that are typical producers? Mm -hmm. It it just, yeah, it's not good to, to see what's happening with some of these, uh, these other pairings. Yeah. My good takeaway from last night's game, you know, the third period was a great one to see with, you know, half the period left to go. I guess my thought is there's nowhere to go, but up, right? Like they've played their worst hockey of the year in the playoffs. And if there's any, if we can have any solace or any takeaway from what we've seen so far, yeah, they scored six, they won six, nothing in game two. Yeah. They won eight to two in game three. They didn't play phenomenal hockey. The Kings played really shitty. So, you know, like the Kings have been their their own worst enemy and the Oilers have been their best friend. They have given them chance after chance after chance after chance, whether it's shots on net, digging pucks in the battle, like they're just not like how many times last night did you guys see a player come down the wing 
and have a back checking forward come lift their stick and LA's back the other way. You know, like it was, it was so much. So like, to me, man, there's nowhere to go, but up from here, like you can't get any worse. Can you? Yeah. Well, who do you think needs to step up the most? Who do I think needs to step up? Leon Dreisaitl. I think for the amount of money you're getting paid and the amount of uh, the amount of attention you're getting, yeah, you scored 55 goals, but here, this is kind of the same thing that I equate to Austin Matthews put up 55 points in the regular season. Great. Put up 60 goals, sorry, 55 goals, put up 60 goals if you want to, but put your money where your mouth is. If you think you are that caliber of a player, you need to show up in the postseason. and don't give me no bullshit about how you're sick or you're not feeling good. Show up. Don't come out and turn pucks over because you're not feeling good. Like he came over with two goals. He came over with two goals because Connor McDavid said, fuck this. I'm going to put the team on my back again. Mm-hmm. And Leon was able to score. Like Leon Dreisaitl is one of those players, I think, who gets way too much credit for the work that he's been doing so far in the postseason. He needs to step up. Oh, I agree 100%. 100%. You know, um, yeah. Regular season, that's a whole different, you know, forget about that. Yeah. You know, this is a, a brand new beast here. And, and with Pugliardi, and as, as much as I hate to say it, I'd probably swing Broussard in or Shore in. Because they're not going to do any worse right now. No. And if you if you give them an assignment, you know, Devin Shore, he'll fly around. He's one of those small guys, right? Mm-hmm. I think they they probably, at this point, have a bigger impact on the next game. Well, Pooley Harvey was – he. I mean, I think he was like third or fourth on the team in, in uh, scoring, even strength scoring. Um, but last night, like, you know, you get the mode of the third line, Trevor, you said it, you get the mode to the third line. Where's your game? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. You're, you know, you're chasing pucks into the corner, but the minute the puck is passed out, you're not finishing your check. You're making that big 18 wheeler U-turn and you're going back the other way. Like he was nowhere to be seen on the ice last night. And maybe this is where, yeah, it doesn't seem sexy. It doesn't look great, but maybe this is where that playoff playoff depth comes in. Maybe you need to get uh, shore back in there and maybe he's that catalyst that helps the fourth line guys figure shit out for themselves put jesse pulley in the box let him sit in the uh, in the press box for a night put in devon shore they can't go with 11 and 7 with nurse hurt um, no. so you got to try something and jp has been hurting them more than he's been helping them and i love pulley like he i i always hope for the best for that kid but maybe that's the play but you know like i was watching the post game last night Connor mcdavid said it himself he said the oilers haven't played their best game yet so you know you're gonna have to do it without arguably your best defenseman even though nurse hasn't been great so Mm -hmm. you know that said one last question i have for you guys here game six tomorrow night in la uh let's go with i want to know who you think the top pairing d are going to be and i want to know what your guys's uh predictions are for game six I want to ask you one quick question first. Sure, go ahead. Okay, because I didn't, I didn't catch the whole what happened with Nurse. Did something happen to him before he did that? Because the only reason I asked that is because Deno was in front of the net there, and he freaking hacked him, slashed him first, and then the headbutt. And to me, that's almost well, retaliatory, right? That's not a character for him, right? Because he's not a guy to be cheap like that. Yeah, he'll drop the mix, he'll smack you in the face, or you know what I mean. And mm. it just really seemed that. So I thought, well, did something happen prior that I missed watching the game because I was only catching the highlights. And of course, they 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 start that play at the hack of the stick. And yeah. I thought, Jesus, did he get sticked or did he get stuck or what happened? That's a good question. I didn't see 
I didn't see the play beforehand. I do know like the Kings were playing really chippy last night. They've been doing that all series and they've pulling, they've been pulling Edmonton out of their comfort zone. So like Zach Cassian had a ton of stupid penalties, but I thought the referees overall, I don't think they called the greatest game last night. Like there was a lot of holding the sticks and a lot of uh, interference calls, clutching and grabbing that could have, should have been called. And I think it was in the third period where the one referee who had called all the penalties against Edmonton finally made a call in favor of Edmonton and the crowd went nuts, but it was like, it was almost like they were making Edmonton play a certain style of hockey, but the Kings were able to get away with a ton of stuff. So, you know, it wasn't unlike that cross check. Evander Kane got into a scrum with Lemieux and Dursey and he managed to walk away with four minutes, four minutes and penalties, but it was a two on one when the fight started and, and he Lemieux came out bleeding. Yeah. So I don't think the refing was great. So I think a lot of the chippiness probably got to nurse throughout the game and bonehead play, like the slashing and the hacking and the whacking, I don't think has been called fairly. There's been a lot of penalties, but just not in favor of Edmonton. And uh, so to your question, I don't know, but it's uh, I can understand though how a guy's going to get that angry. Um, but for the head bunt, no excuse. Like I don't, there's no excuse for that. Uh, Trevor. So let's go with your, uh, Let's go with your game game six predictions. Who do you think the top pairing D are going to be in replace of Nurse, who is now sitting out? And what do you think the outcome is going to be? Um, I'm going to say it's going to be – I'm going to throw it out there with Bouchard and Keith for the top pairing um, because Bouchard, he seems to jump up more into the play. And Keith is a nice, um, a nice pairing with that because he's more of a stay-at-home defenseman. He's not jumping into the play as much. So I think it's a, it's a nice combination to have – a D man who is willing and able to jump into to fast rushes, uh, but then also wanted to stay home. Okay. Um, but I think um, my prediction is going to be a, um, Ooh, I'm going to go for it here. And you guys owe me a hundred bucks if I'm right. Uh, three, two second overtime Oilers. Oh, really? Yeah. That's pretty bold. I can't stay up that late, boy. These inquiry starts are killing me. That's fair. That is very fair. All right, Bryce, what do you got? Who's the, who's the top uh, pairing D and what's the outcome? I'm going with Bouchard and CeCe because I really like how CeCe's played. Um, and he's got that he's got that chip on his shoulder. And that's what I think. What I'm hoping to see tomorrow is every all the Oilers take from that last game, that same chip, keep that goddamn chip on their shoulder, mm-hmm. keep that aggression, be pissed off. And go out there and and use that, um, and, and like I said, own the game. Get that first six minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I think it's going to be a tight game. I'm going to go. Even some big, big score five four. It's going to be five four Oilers. We have lots of faith in this show here today. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, top pairing. I don't know what's going to happen. I still think CC has been by far their best defenseman. There's a few blunders here and there. Uh, who joins CC on the top line? Oh man, I think you're going to see probably Russell and Barry on the four on the third pairing. Um, they're probably going to keep Keith and Bouchard together, but they probably shouldn't. Um, Bouchard and 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 uh, Cece might be a decent pair. Actually, that might be a, a decent pair to see at the top. So I'll probably go with that too. Um, my prediction. Oh, oh boy, we got three two double overtime. We got five four. Bryce, is that in regulation? You figure regulation? Yeah, yeah. Um, what does my gut tell me? Uh, my heart says that there's a lot of faith in this. I, I still think the Oilers can come back to Edmonton and win it in seven. Um, my head says 
they're in LA and unless they start the first period off, there's no coming back. Like, let's put it, I'm going to, here's my prediction, my bold prediction. If they get down to the first period, they're not winning the game. There's no way they're not going to be able to come back in LA. I don't think it's possible because that doubt's going to creep in and they're going to be done. Um, I'm going to say, I don't know why the number six, one stands out to me. Six to one. I'll say, I'll say six, one in favor of Edmonton, uh, Connor McDavid. I'm going to give him a Hattie. Oh, I love You're it. going deep. There we go. And uh, if I'm wrong, then I got, I owe you guys a beer. You owe me a hundred bucks. <laughs> hundred bucks. Hundred bucks it is. So I, I got to ask you, man, what uh, your last playoff experience going to a real game was in what? Oh, six. Yeah. It was the 0506 so cup run. Compare that to your playoff experience last night. What was the differences between those two? Um. I would say that the OEG has done a much better job with the fan attraction for, for bringing guys, bringing fans in for the in-game experience was really good. The fans were just as loud back then as they were last night. The difference will, was that in 05, 06, the Oilers were hungry. You know what I mean? When they went deep in that, in that playoff run, they were hungry. I was at the game when they played the Sharks and it went to triple overtime. I'm pretty sure it was Rafi Torres that scored the game-winning goal. Um, so last night it was hard to compare to so when they played their best in the third period it was 10 times better than i than i remember in 0506 in the first period and a half it was worse than a sunday matinee against the arizona coyotes <laughs> you know what i mean it was just like that but you know yeah. i think overall and even hudson like watching when they tied it up i was grabbing him and i was cheering and jumping and screaming and he kind of looked at me and he like he gave me that holy shit dad's into this and he started smiling and he was chanting and cheering uh it was awesome like i it was incredible so if you can get to a playoff game man it's it's like no other as long as the Oilers show up it's like no other experience it's uh it was phenomenal they, they've done a much better job i think they can still do a little bit more to bring that uh bring more excitement into the game but uh it was great uh, no no complaints from this guy whatsoever yeah well fellas i appreciate you jumping on to do this podcast um i Man, I'm hopeful for tomorrow. I have a lot of faith. I, I think they can do it. They haven't played their best game yet, like we said. It, uh, you know what, man? It's there is absolutely nowhere to go, but up from here. So, fingers crossed. Oilers will pull out a victory tomorrow night, and at the uh, at the next podcast on Friday, we'll all be talking about how Game Seven on a Saturday night in Edmonton is going to be the place to be. And I'll probably head down to the viewing party. Oh shit! No, I can't. We can't, Trevor. We can't. But We're the gonna have gonna the game on. on though, baby. We'll the have game's the game gonna on. Be on, and the beers are oh, gonna yeah. be flowing, and it is going to be <laughs> a great, great time. We're gonna well, be table dancing. I'll tell you that. Yeah, we'll be table dancing. We'll be doing everything else we can to make sure that uh, <laughs> it's gonna be the best thing possible. All right, guys, that'll do it for this episode of the Billy Wonka Experience. Thanks for checking in, and we'll catch you guys on the flip side.